0: Huddle Time, Chad Prinky here, as always, along with my good friend, producer, co-host extraordinaire, oh. uh, <laughs> hey, um, how do you want us to install this, uh, water heater? And my co is like, I don't know, install the water heater. Like, why are you even asking me? He's like, well, I don't know if you know, but did, what you designed, it can't physically fit through the front door <laughs> of the field. My class is only 40 minutes. So we have to get this done in 40 right. minutes. You have to clean up in 40 minutes. And then it also, when you use the miter saw, a lot of kids are scared of the miter saw and you just see the difference in their confidence when they come in here compared to when they when they leave. It, they're excited. we we'll announcing a new county that's gonna join us in Maryland. So we continue to spread it. And I'll say my peers across the country are starting to take this and adopt this at their local IEC chapters.
1: Either um, AI assistant tools, you have AI master builder tools, and then you have um, kind of a bit of both that are one foot in BIM, in current processes, and one foot in AI.
2: said,
0: Brett, in life, opportunity meets you at your level of preparation.
2: She said, here's the keys, go forth and do great things.
0: It's morning huddle time. Good morning, Chad Prinky here with Stacey Holzinger. Stacy, how are you today? I am doing great. <laughs> awesome! I'm glad to hear it. Uh, yeah. I, I was just um, thinking about, you know, when when is it actually going to be spring? And then today happened, and I was like, I think, I think yeah, I'm not getting too far ahead of myself. But Lord, it's beautiful outside of here in the in the middle. Yeah.
1: Right? yeah, it really is. I think we're done with the snow. I don't want
0: to jinx it, but it sure seems like it. We got a decent amount. Winter actually happened, mm-hmm. and and now we're shifting gears to to hopefully a very long spring. It, I, I I I hate the immediate launch into ninety degrees. Let's yeah. let's spend some time here in that sixty to seventy zone, please.
1: Yeah. I feel like we kind of got screwed over last summer because our lake completely dried up here and we could yeah. not use it and it was pretty scary. So I don't want that to happen again.
0: No, we, you gotta, you gotta have rain. We're supposed to have some today, tomorrow. It's all good. It's good. So what, what uh, Stacy, what cool stuff are you working on right now?
1: Well, tomorrow I'm going to the um, MCCEI and I'll be speaking on their panel about the image in the industry. So I'm excited about that. Um, so Tony, hold on.
0: So, talk about what you're talking about. What are you talking about on the panel?
1: Well, there's a panel of us, mostly marketing folks, um, PR. We had video, uh, social media, just talking about how we can work together more effectively as a community, construction community, to brand our images better, to recruit people to this industry and solve our workforce challenges.
0: Got it. So how do we, it's, it's like, what, what's the face that we are showing to the potential construction audience to the people Uh who could potentially join this industry uh, and, and what's the, what's the image that we're showing?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: That's cool. Yeah. I like it. I think, you know, to me, the, the, I'm the wrong guy to ask. I see the images that have, I've seen for years and like them you know, but that's, <laughs> that's the, that's the thing. I know that, you know, there's got to be opportunity for positive change in that arena. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'll be, uh, I'll be interested to hear what comes out of that. Yeah. What about you? Well, so Stacy, I want to announce today that we are going to be dropping a different morning huddle, uh, kind of product alongside our, standard morning huddle product which is this interview show that's this platform for awesome people who are creating positive change in the industry where they we we create this space for them to come on educate us educate our audience have a really interesting and dynamic uh dialogue that's that's what the morning huddle's always been i some of the people, people who are committed listeners, have have uh, seen um, uh, different shows that where you or I have had other people kind of co-host instead of us, which right. I think is actually happening next week. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, Matt Verderamo, who is a part of um, our team at uh, Well Built Co- uh, Consulting, uh, Matt is someone who is very passionate about having uh, interesting dialogue and, and creating a longer form show about things that really just he and I are all fired up about. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's called the well-built series. It's going to be uh, coming out here in the next month. We've actually recorded uh, some shows and gotten a good flavor for, um, you know, we've got, we've gotten some tests done and, and we really like, some uh, healthy happening.
1: conflict debating going on, which... Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: so Issues like... Here, I'll, I'll, give a, I'll give you a sneak preview. In the first episode, um, we have a, a, a debate about whether project managers should estimate the work that they manage
1: mm-hmm.
0: and whether there should be a clear divide between the project management team and the estimating team or whether there is actually some value, depending on your business... In having PMs do their own estimating mm-hmm. and um, you know basically own their projects from start to finish, and Matt and I end up disagreeing a fair amount uh, on the on the topic, and pres- I, I think showing some some different sides of it that are pretty, um, I don't know, I found it to be highly entertaining to be a part of the conversation, and I, I sincerely hope that uh, our audience finds it entertaining as well. So uh, and 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 you know inspiring
1: and your approach for the series you said is is a micro mini series where one of you are taking a side so there's like healthy debate back and forth
0: yeah it's there there's different no doubt debate is a is a central theme of the show where we actually try to pick issues where he is going to have a different perspective than me so for example just you know i the one thing that i shared with you but o- overall i am of a different generation than Matt, right? And I see things through, I think, a more Gen X lens than mm-hmm. he does, and I think he sees things through a more millennial or even old Z lens. Right? He's like a very old Gen Z mm-hmm. uh, or a very young millennial, and and I think that neither of us is. Well, he's wrong, and I'm right, <laughs> but but uh, but no, I mean, he he's he makes an awesome case. For a yeah. lot of things that I've already made up my mind about. And right. uh, and and I think we both come away, uh, you know, maybe showcasing sort of how some of these conversations could and should be happening inside the construction companies, um, yeah. and, you know, that we work with. So,
1: yeah, I'm excited for it.
0: Yeah, thank you. Good. Uh, we are, too. I can't wait to actually start, you know, officially rolling it out. But today was the today was the announcement um, and you can expect more content on that uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, let's introduce our, uh, our, our guest today. We have Chuck Rakich. Chuck is a friend of mine, friend of, uh, Stacy's, uh, just an all, if you know, Chuck, you know, he is an all around good guy. Chuck is, um, the head of safety at Henley construction. He's a senior superintendent there. He is, uh, Henley construction is a, a commercial general contractor. They do a lot of work in the K through 12 school systems in, uh, in Maryland, as well as community colleges, universities, um, and, uh, and also non-school uh, work. They're starting to really uh, get a foothold in some, in some uh, private uh, work over on the Eastern shore and, and, uh, and, and in main, you know, central Maryland as well. And, and so Chuck is an integral part of their team and a fantastic person to come on and talk about safety. And uh, so Chuck, thank you for joining us today. How are you? Good, good.
2: Thank you guys for having me.
0: Absolutely. So Chuck, give us a little, if you wouldn't mind, like a couple of minutes on your story. How did you get to where you are and, and and you know what what got you fired up and involved in safety in the first place? um It's definitely definitely
2: a passion. But before I do that, I just want to uh, give a shout out to, um, all the branches of our armed forces uh if any of them are watching today thank you guys for your service uh we the country appreciates you uh, agreed so um was in construction for a while concrete things of that nature kind of got hurt uh had a friend that was in the safety business and uh he kind of said hey if you're not getting any younger let's get into safety Let me get you in here, teach you to, you know, go out and be an inspector, things of that nature, learn what OSHA is, what it's all about. The 1926 standards, kind of learn them inside and out. And uh, what changed my attitude about safety was my first uh, accident investigation that I had to go to. And when I saw that and how it affected more than just right there, It's kind of like when you throw a stone into a a body of water, a calm body of water, that rippled effect. Mm-hmm. Even that rippled effect that's at the edge of the bank when you throw the stone, stone into the center um, came from that stone. So when that accident happens, it's like an earthquake or something of that nature. You still feel it way out. When I teach OSHA 30s and I talk about this, I um, I mentioned the earthquake that happened here. I forget what year it was, 2011 or whatnot. Yeah,
0: 11, 12, something like <clears throat> that. Yeah.
2: So that center was somewhere near D.C., Arlington, Virginia, something of that nature. I was actually working in Towson uh, doing sidewalk on the side of the road and um, my truck started bouncing and I thought guys were messing with me on my bumper and, but it ended up, that was the earthquake. So that's how far away I was and I could feel my truck because my plans rolled out on the hood. So, you know, same kind of concept. It was that far away, but I still felt the impact. So my first accident investigation is what changed my mind. I saw how it affected different people different parts of the community and things of that nature so i, I realized then that um following the, the guidelines the best we can and, and keep our workers safe uh, is is definitely something that's needed and that, again that's that's what changed my passion about wanting to change the culture um in the industry-wide but especially here at henley now that i'm here
0: yeah yeah i i, I... I'd ask you more details, though I don't think it would be appropriate, and I, I can only imagine, you know, off the, the, the off kinds off of line. Well, we talk yeah, exactly, it. yeah. <laughs> but I, but I can I can only imagine, you know, the the uh, if it made that kind of impact. I know I have uh, seen and heard of things that just uh, are are so tragic, and so the this is the word I'll use, and that I think is. The, the focal point of safety professionals like yourself um, is it so many are so preventable. Yeah. Oh, there's so, so many so things incredible. that don't have to happen. Right. And um, you, you know, there are certainly freak accidents. There are certainly things that when they happen, there's, it's, it's like a man, we, we might need to write a new code altogether because, because that's never happened before. But, uh, but if you're, if you know, the, this is well-worn territory, and if you're if you just want to go home safe and make sure that your people go home safe to their folks, you can do it. You just have to actually focus on it, right? Correct, correct. And then
2: you know everything. You have to remember that the uh, the 1926 construction standards. Uh, you have to remember that we like to say that's the book that was written in blood. It's kind of like a um, one stop sign, if you will, town that you have a couple accidents where somebody gets hurt or killed before anything happens, then they change it to a blinking light. The next thing you know, it's a, you know, a four way stop or then a stoplight. But it's not just, hey, somebody calls and complains. There's a track record of, of issues. So, you know, it's, it's definitely a uh, standards that were written because of somebody was hurt or maimed or something of that nature to, to protect the workers going forward.
0: Yeah. I that I have to I'm sorry. It just triggered something. I have to tell a quick story. Um <laughs> it's the my first time ever telling this story, I think maybe uh to anybody in business. This is just something that I've I've uh my my family knows, but my so growing up where I did in southwestern Pennsylvania, we lived there was a small town called Youngwood, Pennsylvania that we all my family had been in for generations and my grandfather was the constable of, of Youngwood and he uh, lobbied and lobbied and lobbied for about 40 years for a stoplight in a given area. And exactly what you said, it went from a uh, you know, nothing to a stop sign to a four way stop to eventually a stoplight because he had seen as an EMT and a fireman growing up. Uh, he had seen so many people uh, lose their lives and, and and get maimed right in that spot, mm-hmm. and, uh, and 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 you know I don't know that anybody knows this, but our my family calls it the the James Branky Memorial Stoplight. <laughs> 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 uh, but uh, you know you know that's exactly what happens. So, We're going
1: through a similar thing in our neighborhood. Just there's more and more people moving out here, and they want to stop. Stop sign, stop light more. Uh, I think a stop light. But there was a bus accident, serious bus accident just two weeks ago. We've been asking for it for a while. Now it's gotten to that level. So it's like, I don't know how long these things take or what it takes.
0: But, yeah. You're going to bum out a bunch of people who like to drive fast on that road, but save some lives. And I think that's yeah. usually the way it is. Right. You know, what's what's the trade off for safety? The trade off for safety is often speed. So so Chuck, I'm gonna ask you like it's it, I, and I have a whole bunch of other stuff I want to talk about too, but how do you balance this need for meeting schedule and you know dr- driving a project forward, which is obviously everybody's everybody's got a hand in that. And how do you balance that with running a really safe job site?
2: I think the key is to start off pushing everything and not come in after things have been started and let become lax. So it's, it's important to keep the same uh, assertiveness or whatever word I'm looking for from the beginning of the project. Um, and it, once it's it's that old, um, if you do th- something for 14 days, it now becomes a habit kind of thing. So like your hard hats, your safety glasses, you, you stay on everybody from there. But um, when we see something, say something. Stand downs right away on the job site to let everybody know where we stand and how it's going to be pre-construction meetings to go over the safety and things of that nature. So we know what the task is and how to impact the schedule. And during those, it's also important for us to point out, you know, if there is an accident or something more severe, such as a fatality or something like that, you can just wad that schedule up and throw it away anyway. So it's, it takes, if, even if it takes a little more time from the beginning to follow everything as safely as you can, um, in the long run, you're going to save the time because if something does happen, then that schedule, like I said, goes out the window, your budget, everything gets shot, um, with an accident and things of that nature.
0: Man, that's a great point. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a. Uh, solid mindset from the get go, and like something that I remind myself when I am just driving down the road is, you, you don't get anywhere any faster if a cop pulls you over. Right. You just take it easy, Yeah, you know? Like you, you'll be all right, you know. And it's that, it's that kind of um, discipline up front. I like that. Start with the discipline, install it fr- from the get-go, and what you'll find is that everybody kind of normalizes that. Now, I, I got—I have another question. This is just occurring to me as as we go, Chuck. That I that, that I gotta ask because it—I hear this stuff a lot uh, out and around all the contractors that we work with. Is what's the difference between real, useful safety policy? And CYA ridiculousness that doesn't have any backing in science and is really just there for, to, to, you know, make make the general contractors paperwork uh, that much more ironclad. Hmm. Well, I don't want
2: to say that any of it is uh, is over the top. You know, because they say safety is black and white. even though I feel there's a, quite a quite a bit of gray in it at times. Right. Um, but the um, what seems to be the paperwork to make it more ironclad um, definitely protects the owner of that company or the workers. So, if anything were to happen, the documentation in place um, for that nature. Some, some things do seem a little over the top, but it's that same, do it for long enough, it becomes a habit. I remember uh, when AHAs were activity hazard announced were being pushed uh, pretty heavy, everybody was against them. Oh, this is more paperwork. Oh, you know, it's gonna take us longer. But the companies that have implemented that now, uh, they don't have as many safety incidents because that's reviewed. Actually, their schedule stays on and their budget stays a little bit closer because it's not only a safety tool. It also becomes a time management, a material management, and like a crew size management tool all wrapped into one. So it's hard for me to say uh, on the safety side of things that that there's too much. Um, Yep. It's it's more the old school mentality of, hey, we've been doing this for 36 years and we never did this. So you're coming in here and trying to get me to do this. You know, you don't know anything, but um, that that's kind of how I look at that. I, I don't think there's really too much that's there. It just seemed like it at first because you're not used to it. It's change and everybody fears. It just,
0: I love it. Thank you. I think that's a, great, that's a great perspective and something that I will definitely carry forward myself when I run into those types of questions. I also think it's probably fair to say that, henley it's you guys are a a nice mid-sized general contractor you're also not some big bureaucratic uh nightmare of a company to work with right you're 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 not a um you know publicly traded managed from a central location you know like somewhere across the world you know that kind of stuff you're you're a local you know regional kind of contractor that is not uh, you know, probably not prone to writing policy for policy's sake. So you're you you probably personally don't have a lot of exposure to that kind of stuff anyway. Even if it does exist is my point. Not here. Uh, I did when I was doing inspections. So uh yeah I believe that. <laughs> I, believe I can that. think of some of the
2: heavy hitters that you're referring to, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep. I believe it. All right. I want to uh, pause for a quick moment. I want to uh, thank a couple of our sponsors and then we'll get right back at this. Uh, I want to thank Ka- uh, Katz Abosh. Katz Abosh is a, a mid-Atlantic based right here in the in the Baltimore, D.C. region accounting firm that really has a fantastic practice focused on helping the small to mid-sized contractors the majority of whom are our, are our, uh, our listeners and, and and watchers of this show so thank you cats abosh uh, for being a part of this also want to thank lawrence law uh, lawrence law is you know kind of the the legal complement to a cats abosh in my view they're they're a you know law firm that has that same kind of targeted focus the same kind of geographic footprint and they really know how to meet contractors with their day to day needs and the uh, the rare but important uh, you know uh, legal battles that they may face. Um, so if you don't know uh, Lawrence Law, that's these are folks that you should definitely get in touch with. All right, so Chuck, I, I wanted to ask about OSHA. I think this is something that in my conversations with you, I've always found that you have maybe the healthiest, most positive mindset I've ever found in the construction industry as it relates to OSHA. How does a project team run a project in a way that when they see OSHA, they're happy and they don't actually, they don't mind seeing OSHA? What are some of the ways that, that, you know, uh, you've seen project teams that embrace that kind of OSHA inspection?
2: Um, Yeah, usually it's the old... um freak show at the circus underneath the big top where you put the dancing chicken, where they, they put you, his feet underneath the fire. Right. That's what happens when somebody says the word
0: OSHA, right. Everybody runs around like that chicken dancing, but uh, uh, I was, uh, I'm we, like, man, I have not been to this circus. You're referring to Chuck. This <laughs> sounds <laughs>
2: know, well, You know, maybe it's something we saw on TV when we were younger or something of that. Yeah. Yeah. Room. Yeah. The Bearded lady and, and the strong man. Right. <laughs> the bearded lady. But, um. I got to watch that in today's time. I shouldn't say that. But anyway, that you, um, everybody needs to realize that everybody has a job to do. And that's kind of the way that I look at it. Um, OSHA doesn't necessarily want to be the cop, if you will. Um, They care about your safety. They care about, you know, everything being done per the standards kind of like a policeman in that in that aspect when you're talking about a cop behind you if you're speeding or things of that nature um you just need to remember like i said everybody has a job to do and they're just the enforcer of certain things but for the most part uh, there are good cops bad cops same things as uh compliance officers for for osha so um what you need to do, in my opinion, with your team and what we try to do here is uh, make sure we have first and, for, first and foremost proper signage. OK, uh, so coming onto the site, we want to have all the signs that we need. And we want to have a sign that tells us that all visitors must report to the construction office, um, not just for OSHA compliance officers, but for any visitors to the site. They should be checking in and and there should be a. Uh, a sign-in sheet, a log of who's there, what time and when they leave, uh, in case there's anything that happens on site, we know they're there, you know, so that if we have to evacuate the site for any reason, we're, we, uh, we know who's there and when they left and things of that nature. Um, we want to um, then prepare for them to come by doing routine inspections and then risk assessments uh, on the job site so that we're familiar with, that we're staying compliant with everything that there is. And I actually have a, a checklist uh, that I made up here, you know, talks about record keeping, um, written programs, uh, your safety and health program, posting things, you know, your first aid kits, things of that nature, just just to scratch the surface with that. Um, we want to make sure we train our workers. And then uh, we have documentation of, of all that training so some of the stuff that we'll need in the in the trailer are posted on the job board uh, actually now february the first of february till the end of april the 300 logs are required 300a logs are required to be posted on site um, that only the 300a a lot of times i see people post the 300 and um really don't want to do that because that breaks the hipaa laws because the 300 has names and things of that nature where the 300a is just the tally so we only want to post the a basically the whole month of february march and april Um, if there's any questions it's on the bottom of the log it tells you what days it needs posted february 1st april 30th Um, want to have our emergency contacts posted at the trailer Uh, we want to have directions printed out both a map and then print it out. Directions. I like to put five copies of each in case there's an incident. They can pull that copy and go. But the nearest hospital and the nearest clinic. So you want it in English and Spanish. Um, you have your OSHA posters, the state that you're working in, and the federal poster. If it's a wage rate job, all that kind of stuff will need posted. You want your first aid kit, your bloodborne pathogens kit, your AEDs in there. Um, And then your programs, like we talked about, your HazCom programs and your safety manuals. Uh, Not only for you as the GC, like us at Henley, any subcontractor that's on site, I need a copy of that in the trailer as well, Um, or in the office, depending on where it is. Want to have your site orientation, have that documented, any toolbox talks that are performed, do you want documentation of that in a folder that's easily accessible? An emergency action plan, a physical map made out of the logistics of the site. If it's the building itself, it'll mark the exits, where the the fire extinguishers and things of that nature are, uh, where your office trailer is, where your uh, rally point is in case of an emergency, all that kind of stuff, Um, and then any training logs that you have. Now, the reason this stuff is important, there's kind of an unwritten rule with OSHA, if they come to the site for a um, a routine inspection where the computer pulls up and says, hey, you're gonna hit Henley's job site here today. And they'll show up and they'll introduce themselves, show you their credentials and things of that nature. Um, You then have the right to ask for your safety person to be there to walk with them. There's an unwritten rule where they'll give you around an hour or so for that person to get there. So if we have all this documentation that's required already on site, we just say, hey, uh, Mr. or Mrs. Compliance Officer, here's all our safety manuals. Here's all our HazCom programs. Here's all our training records. Do you mind yep. looking at these and going through these while that's there? If you have that, kind of like anything else, um, they're going to feel a little bit more at ease about your job site that you're on top of things before they even walk out there.
0: That's right. That's right. That makes total sense. Yeah, it's there. What's going on? I can tell with with all of this, Chuck. Is you you want to clearly demonstrate that this is a site that has made safety a priority leading up to this visit? So if you can, you know, if you can almost ask yourself the question. How can we demonstrate to OSHA inspectors that we are a culture of safety and then run your project that way from the start? Uh, When they show up, you're ready to go. And and
2: another thing that you can do, um, they have a consultation program. So you can call OSHA and ask them, for, to get enrolled in their consultation program. They'll come out and walk the site with you and they'll basically tell you everything that's wrong. And they give you a certain amount of time to go through these. Um, now other than imminent danger, which is basically where somebody could be, you know, killed or maimed, um, for them to come on site. If, if OSHA was to come on site and you are involved in the consultation program with them, um, you can say I'm involved in the consultation program. For If it's a routine inspection and say, here's my contact at OSHA, they'll call that person and then they'll say, yes, uh, this construction site is involved in the consultation program and they'll leave um, because they'll only be with them. So it kind of works as a training and a partnership with them where they just want to be another tool in the toolbox to keep the workers safe and and to educate uh, the construction industry.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's two ways to do it, right? You could try to, you could try to outrun the law, right? Or you could just join, you can invite them in. I yeah, will mention you know, that. <laughs>
2: What's that? I said, I will mention that since you, you you said that. You don't want to try to outrun them. Uh, if they come yeah. on and, and they say they want it, they're here for an inspection. They want to look at the site. Remember, everybody does have the right to say, this is uh, my job site. Get off. Uh, not Not recommended because they'll go to the local courthouse and come back with a warrant and a handful of friends with magnifying glasses and they will uh, yeah. <laughs> probably make your life miserable. So always want to yeah. work with them and be as friendly and as you can. And then if they do walk the site, um, you want to walk with them. And any picture they take, you want to take a picture, the same picture so that you have all that. And then if they do, they'll do an opening conference, closing conference, all that stuff. And then uh, when you do get your stuff in the mail, you do want to contest it in writing whether you're going to contest it or not because if you don't, then you don't have that option. So you always wanna put it out there that, yes, in writing, yes, we're gonna contest this. Um, And then you'll have a meeting with the regional director who actually sets the fines. Um, The compliance officers are basically, I don't wanna disrespect them by saying they're basically like investigative reporters Um, and they recommend fines or they recommend violations, but the regional director is the one who looks at it and says, yes, this is going to be a violation. And they set the fine amount right now. I don't remember the number off the top of my head that this changed to, but a little over $16,000 per offense is the maximum fine. Uh, currently, uh, it's like sixteen one thirty or something of that nature, but I know it's a little bit over sixteen. And when I got into safety, uh it was just under five thousand. So it's really uh really changed a lot.
0: It's really changed a lot. If you can inflict more pain you know, that, that gets people's attention. So does
1: that depend on the severity of the offense? Like is there higher fines for? I would assume so.
2: Um, yeah, so you have your serious uh, offenses that would be there. Your um, repeat or imminent danger would basically add a zero, so around one hundred and sixty thousand maximum for those. So what happens, uh, Stacy? Uh, if you um, let's say I get hit a violation for uh, electrical outlets exposed where the, they're live, but the painters took the cover plates off to paint, and we didn't turn and lock the power out and Next thing you know, OSHA comes in they check the outlet and it's live. So now we have electrocution shock hazard Um, that stays on your records, kind of like a driving record. Uh, It stays on there for five years. So it's our job as an employer, once we get that violation to train everybody in the company. Um, So anytime within the next five years, if we get hit for an open electrical outlet again, it automatically becomes willful or repeat, and it's that maximum $160,000 fine. So um, it's it's definitely doesn't seem like, okay, it's a light cover, right? But uh, it's definitely very serious, uh, and it doesn't matter. That was just an example. It doesn't matter what the violation is if you get hit. It stays on your record for five years. You're supposed to train and make sure everybody understands, and then if it happens again within that five years, again, it's willful because you knew and you trained everybody and it's repeat because it happened again. So.
0: So I, I I loved one of the things that you've already said in this conversation, which was this idea that if, if on your team, if you're saying, if, if you're finding yourself complaining about arduous safety procedures, policies, that the first thing that you ought to do is is have a gut check and recognize that like you know that may just be your reaction to something that you haven't done before or something new and that that doesn't mean that it's a bad protocol and I really like that as a as a mindset. I think of that it, it, those mindsets they really reflect a safety culture a, a, a mentality inside the company toward safety. What advice would you have for companies who want to build a safety culture, not just improve their safety policies, but who really want to get to that place where they have a culture of safety?
2: I think it needs to come from the top down, uh, from management. Management needs to drive that they're serious about it, um, whether they use a third-party safety consultant to come in and start uh, doing things or if they have an in-house safety um, and and back that person you know come together as a team and back that person and you know as ownership gets involved in the the meeting starts a safety committee things of that nature where you show hey we're really serious about this um don't just have those policies that are there just to have them actually enforce them and and back have the backbone to to make it that way make sure that you're you know, getting the best safety equipment for them, whether it's glasses, gloves, or the, the new types of helmets uh, versus hard hats, the the helmet protection, things of that nature. Invest in your, uh, you know, your workers, but it has to come from the top down because they need, they need to
0: see the commitment from, you know, the, the person
2: that signs the paycheck, if you will.
0: I love it. That's uh, I think that's great advice that there's management being unified. Everybody's standing behind it. Like if you have one manager who's permissive, who allows to, it's a chink in the armor and it starts to, it starts mm-hmm. to ruin that. Um, it starts to ruin the unified front. So demonstrating the seriousness and then, and then actual enforcement don't, don't just have policies and let it slide, but actually enforce it. You got to create those, penalties you got to make sure that that stuff's real for your employees otherwise you're sending a message by not enforcing this stuff um that's awesome i love that it's great advice uh, i want to cover uh thank two more sponsors and then stacy get uh, uh some questions uh from you so the uh i'd like to thank marsh McLennan agency this is a uh, an insurance all things insurance health uh property and casualty and bonding. And my experience personally is with the bonding folks most closely. And I've just found that their expertise around construction is uh, pretty much unmatched. Uh, they're, they're Anytime I run into one of their clients um, who happens to be one of mine, we share the same admiration for their team. And uh, I strongly encourage uh, you reach out to them for your bonding and insurance needs. And, uh, and Sandy Spring Bank. Sandy Spring Bank is a regional bank uh, based in Maryland that works with small to mid-sized banks or small small to mid-sized companies and has a fantastic book of contractor business. There's a reason they work with so many contractors. Uh, they really do understand the unique demands and cash needs and all that stuff that contractors face. So be in touch with Sandy Spring Bank for your banking needs. Uh, Stacy, what questions do we have?
1: Yeah, so in recent years, I guess cannabis in the workplace is a hot topic because of the new laws and regulations and, how does that work with recreational and then construction and testing and all that?
2: Well, that's, that's uh, definitely a hot, hot topic. Um, I think Colorado was the first state to legalize, uh, if I'm not mistaken, yep. I know it was somewhere out there. And mm-hmm. OSHA made a stance on it then, that even though um, it was legal in, in Colorado, it still wasn't gonna be allowed on job sites. Um, still an illegal substance. I know the DOT um, still has the, the same policy of, uh, you know, it's not allowed whether you have a medical marijuana card or not. If you're so, so example, for example, with them, if, if you're a CDL driver
1: mm-hmm.
2: and you're getting an accident in your personal car, not even in your truck, you're going to get popped. And if you come back hot, you know, that, that goes on against you may lose your CDL and things of that nature. So um, same thing with, with construction sites. Even though it's legal, um, recreational, there's medical cards and things of that nature, it's still not accepted uh, in the workplace. Uh, so if there's an accident uh, near miss or something of that nature on a job site, your company's policy should be uh, the first thing that's done once we know the person is okay is that they're tested. Uh, that also protects the uh, the owner as okay. well. If I if you come back with a positive test with, and a workman's comp claim, you know it, it holds a little bit weight to protect the people, um, protect the general contractor or the owner of that. But yeah, it's uh, it's still not allowed. Um, I have heard that some government agencies have said. Uh, even though it's legal in different States, it's not accepted on our bases or on our, um, you know, within the government Um, until every state accepts it, then we may consider, but it'll definitely never be considered until every state. So I'm sure OSHA and the federal government and military, and they're all kind of on the same lines uh, with that. But I I do know that, um, that it's definitely not allowed on, on the site and yeah. a little bit different with alcohol getting out of your system so quick where yeah. cannabis is like 30 plus days or whatever they say, unless you do the hair follicle test. But, um, you know, there, there's a big debate. I did it on Saturday and now it's Monday and it's still on my system. I'm not, you know, I'm not affected by it. So OSHA still looks at it as if you come back hot and you come back hot and whatever disciplines in your program, that's what happens.
0: Yeah. I'd say, if you are a, someone who, who wants to be a recreational marijuana user and you're working in the field, uh, you, you, you need to wait until, uh, until such time as they're, they're they have tests that can actually check to see like alcohol that they can actually ch- check to see if you were under the influence, because without that test, we're just gonna assume that you were, Correct. Uh, you know, under the influence, you know, you, you're, you could be like, I didn't do it for 30, you know, 22 days. Well, that's, you know, we have no way of knowing that, and all we do know is. And by the way, I didn't know "coming back hot" was a term, and I like. I'm using "coming back hot" uh, there uh, you go. from now on, Chuck. I'm saying, yeah, don't don't you come back hot? There you uh, go. <laughs> I could see me saying, but you know, I think there's. Uh, uh, that's if if I were in that position, I'd be saying, well, you know, I and until such point as it can be empirically proven that I was not under the influence, I have to assume that. Uh, you know, any situation could put me, in, uh, you know, in that in that uh, in the crosshairs there. And in uh, the best thing for my you know, family and the best thing for my career is to, uh, you know, not it, use. It, you know, and it's tough now
2: because um, there, it's so readily available and there's so much different access, whether it's oils, whether it's, you know, vape yeah, pads. It's very it's difficult to track. Yeah. It's not just your traditional skunk, you know, oh, I can smell that. know. <laughs> So it, you're in
0: terms uh, our, here, left and right, Chuck. Your traditional skunk uh, yeah. is another one. of my, Don't you come back hot with that traditional skunk? There you go. There you uh, go. See, uh, you, maybe I should patent that for you, Chad. I don't know. I, 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 there are there are certain times when you just come, you come across a topic uh, and a guy talk about it, a top, person talk about that topic, and um, uh, it's it's just comedy gold. So thank you. For that, awesome. <laughs> um, uh, Chuck. Uh, what? Where would you steer people for resources if they wanted to learn more? Um, if they if they wanted to, you know, engage more with their team and and, and you know, take some so, steps to that.
2: What I recommend everybody is to go to OSHA.gov. <laughs> I like that, Tom. Um, <laughs> everybody uh, go to OSHA.gov, and I recommend that everybody signs up for the Quick Takes. It's a free email service that they have that brings up topics um, for that time of the year or something that's happening to kind of brush you up. Hey, touch a touch this or do a toolbox talk on, on you know, in the wintertime hypothermia and cold weather working or in the summer, you know, heat exhaustion or heat stroke and things of that nature. Um, sometimes in the winter, it talks about slippery road conditions and working around icy things. So it just gives you different topics. Plus, OSHA.gov is kind of your resource to uh go and, and uh, search through and ask questions and look things up. There's a lot of useful information there uh, when it comes to dealing with OSHA. Uh, it'll talk about being in the um, uh, consulting program. If you, yeah, want I was to just going to ask, can if I, that's
0: where, so, that's where I can sign up for the consultation program. Uh, I'll Tell you how
2: you can go in there and take yeah. a look, but generally it's a, you know, a phone call or you send an email about it, but, um, but yeah, all that stuff is there. They'll have checklists. Um, goes over trainings, what's needed, and things of that nature, um, what it is. And, of course, you, there's also online uh, resources there to uh, look up sta- safety standards of your Code of Federal Regulations of the 1926 manual. So awesome. OSHA.gov is a very uh, useful tool to, to have in your toolbox.
0: I'll tell you what i'm gonna do coming away from this uh is i'm gonna I, I love reading i love history and i love uh history that tells us a lot about where why we are where we are today i'm gonna to look in to see if there's a book about the 1926 construction standards and kind of tells us what the world used to look like before that i i bet you there is i bet you it's fascinating um any recommendations on that front Chuck? um, um
2: I don't know okay. a book off the
0: top, oh, but
2: you to go to YouTube and look up yeah. um, uh, silica. Stop, stop silicosis. 1938. There's a video that when the new silica standard came out, there's an actual video that came out in 1938 from the Department of Labor about silica and the damaging effects of you and um, that it can have on you. And then when the new standards came out. I don't know, five years ago, six years ago, whatever it was, they mirror what they talked about in 1938 on that video. It's it's scary to think, hey, we've known about this since 38, and we're just now doing something in in the twenty teens uh, to protect the people who are now mandating stricter things. So but if you look that up on YouTube, stop silicosis nineteen thirty-eight. It'll be a British, maybe a British lady talking in black and white,
0: the old flickering reel type. Perfect, but it, it you'll My enjoy. It. Thank you, I appreciate yeah. that, Chuck. All right, Chuck, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for being on with us. Um, you know, uh, it's it's great to know some of the ideas that you've shared with us today, and and uh, and also just great to know that there are folks like you out there making sure that we do uh, take care of the workforce uh, that that we all rely on. So thank you for your work. No, thank you.
1: Thanks.
0: See you soon. Yeah. See you guys. All right, Stace. Um, So what do we have on tap next week? What are we doing?
1: Let's see. Next week, we're talking about modular construction. And then I think, yes, Tom Hughes is subbing in for me as a guest host. And we're going to talk to Pat McGettigan.
0: That's awesome. We're going to be talking about MEP modular construction. Yes. First off, I love hanging out with Tom. I will miss you, Stacy,
2: but I <laughs> love,
0: I do love hanging out with Tom. He's a, he's a lot of fun and, and brings a lot to the table when it comes to this type of topic. So I think uh, he'll be, he'll be leading a lot of the uh, conversation that day. And um, uh, you know, so, so yeah, Pat McGettigan, which uh, he uh, works for uh, faith, Gosh darn it, Faith! uh, I just looked this up. Faith Inc. I think, or Faith Tech, Faith Tech Inc. That's what it is, Uh, and they um, are—they're you know kind of expert in this spot. So uh, we'll we'll be getting a good uh, breakdown of how that works from him. Stacey, I, I am excited uh, to continue to steer people to our website. Uh, we're starting to get a lot more subscribers uh, to the newsletter. We're getting our download numbers are going crazy. It's pretty exciting stuff to be uh, seeing. And I think the website has helped. So go to uh, the morning huddle, construction showcom If you are hearing this for the first time, go check that out. Sign up for our newsletter. Make sure that you're getting visibility into our stuff. It is a simple weekly, here's what last week's show was, here's what this upcoming week's show is, here's some links to resources. It is definitely the least spammy newsletter you've ever received, so please do check that out. Uh, and Stacey, is there anything else that uh, you're working on that you want uh, to no, But with?
1: I do want to give a shout out to Hamill Builders. They uh, reached out to me and they actually... Uh, Put our videos in their intranet, employee intranet, as a resource. So
0: I thought that was really cool. So thank you very much. I did too. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. That was awesome to see. Yeah, really cool idea, and 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 you know, uh, just made definitely made Stacy and I's day, and made us both feel like the stuff that we're doing is, um, you know, useful resource for contractors, which was the always the intent. So uh, yeah, thanks for remembering to bring that up, Stacy. That's cool. Yeah. All, All right,
1: right we'll next week.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I won't see we'll you next week. Top, probably. Yeah. You'll be a yeah, you'll be in the chat. <laughs> All right,
1: All All right have a good one.
0: Yeah, you too. See you soon.